Hi, welcome to GCOM Divas with Jana. And I have a very special guest. Hi, Danae. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jana. <laughs> I don't think I know this. Have you ever been on a podcast before? No, I haven't. Oh, cool. How do you feel about it? Uh, uh, just a little kind of uncertain because I don't know <laughs> what it's going to be like. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. I hope so. Oh my yeah, 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 yeah. Are you? Do you listen to them much, or like, yeah? What's your relationship with podcasts? I love uh, Hidden Brain and This American oh. Life and The Moth oh. Hour. Those. You're an NPR gal. I'm a yeah, yeah. I like those because they're. It's all about. It's all about human behavior and and psychology you know it's 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 the psychological kind of evaluation of what we do and why we do it and who we do it with and anyway is that like a um like a topic that you find interest in in general or like yes I love experimental psychology which I think uh that's why I like hidden brain so much because often it is a conversation between the host and professionals and other guests on different psychological experiments that have been conducted throughout history and how it relates to whatever the topic of, of the week is. Uh, it sounds kind of, when I, when I say psychological experiments, it sounds like it could be ominous, but it's not. Yeah, it, it I know be, it does it could... sound like it's inhumane, but like, I, yeah. I don't think that's, <laughs> yeah. It's not, the, not always the case. There were some that were considered inhumane. Um, like the one where the experiment had one person in a room and another person outside the room. And the person outside the room was asking the one inside the room questions. And if they got the answer wrong, they were um, shocked. Oh, shit. And it was, it was, it was actually an experiment to see what the person doing the shocking was experiencing, how they you know, they basically went in and they were being told by this um, technician, this is, these are the rules and the person inside has agreed to the rules and you're going to shock them every time you get an answer wrong. And it was, they were um, exhibiting the behavior of the one doing the shocking. It actually turned out in the end to be that the person inside the room was not really being shocked. They were. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, so it was almost a double. Oh, so that really layers. is very interesting on behalf of the person doing the shopping or who thinks that they are. Yeah. So, and it was interesting is how few people um, actually stopped. They, oh, they, really? They, they tested they, the, the number of people they tested and the number of people who stopped and actually left and said, I'm not doing this anymore. It was like two out of a hundred or something. Really? I can't remember what the numbers were, but it was, it was a, the experiment. It came about, it was a Jewish psychologist his questioning why people followed the hitler regime the nazi mm-hmm. regime to yeah. figure out why people would just go ahead with doing so create you know committing such atrocities like yeah. what is it in the human mind that will you know someone will just say okay i'm gonna do this because that's what i've been told that's interesting because like i think a lot about how oh if i was like alive during the civil rights movement i hope i wouldn't have gone along with all the things that most white people were doing or if i was in germany at that time like do you ever think about that where you you think you're so independently minded now and you think you like are someone who stands up for injustice but you also wonder what would you have been like if you were like in a circumstance where everyone was telling you to do something that we now see is wrong Right, right. The 
to just go along with something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the kind of questions that you might encounter in one of the Hidden Brain episodes. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like I'm plugging the show now. Yeah, she actually <laughs> works for them. <laughs> I wish, that would be cool. That would be cool. I can use this as my audition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that would be cool. I listened to um, This American Life a lot like growing up and I remember at a time I was like, oh, kind of resentful. Like I was like, why can't we just listen to music? But then I was like, now I find myself going back and like listening to some of the NPR podcasts and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it did have like a lasting effect on me. It kind of like went, you see the um, the merit in it, even though as a kid, you might not have. Is there anything like that for you where you were really like forced into something or to be like exposed to something young and you're like, I don't like it. And now you're like, okay, now I kind of do. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I was the youngest, um, my brothers, I had, I grew up with three older brothers who were seven, eight, nine years older than me. And so I ended up watching a lot of the movies I watched when I was a kid, like my favorite movies were probably not age appropriate. (laughs) Isn't that always how, well, (laughs) certain people, I mean, for that much older. Yeah. That makes sense. That was your story. Yeah. So I think when I was watching them and loving them, I think the reason I was loving them might've been different than what, you know, my brothers were were getting out of it. Yeah. Um, Okay. I guess we'll kind of try to get into uh, some Disney stuff. Um, But at first I got to ask you, Danae, how did we meet? We met when we were both rehearsing to be pirates. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I almost said full Monty and then I yeah. remembered no that wasn't it we met in the basement of a building downtown oh that yeah sounds, that, that sounds nice. dubious yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like a, it was a finished basement of a corporate yeah. like gym room to yeah. rehearse for um the boarded pirate adventure that we both part, uh perform in via the maritime museum which yeah. is really cool we get to sail out on a recreation of a pirate ship and yeah. and force children to swab the deck and yeah it's very fun I, I don't think I've ever like mentioned this on the podcast because it is kind of like it's like a reoccurring thing but yeah it's in downtown San Diego on a ship and it's very fun and cool and I'm really glad that uh, I've done it. It is, it's very challenging. We were talking about that beforehand. Um, it's harder than like being on a, in a, on a stage, but it's very fun. Um, and then we saw each other again at auditions for Full Monty this past yeah. summer. Um, and then we did another show. <laughs> oh my gosh, so, we did two shows back to back. Yeah, and then we yeah. did another sense together. So uh, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of stuff with you. Yeah. I, I've, I always consider myself a straight play actor. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't trained to to be a singer and I wasn't necessarily encouraged to be a singer. Mm-hmm. And it was early this year when I was in an acting, acting class and one of my, uh, the teacher and one of my fellow classmates encouraged me to just explore it. Yeah. And then I got cast in Full Monty and it was really fun. Yeah. And then you suggested the <laughs> yeah. I audition in Nonsense. Yes. And then we go both up cast and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I told you this yet, but when I got the script and the score for it mm-hmm. after being cast and I saw how many songs there were 
and how much harmonizing there was and yeah. the fact that there was a tap dance because I wasn't familiar <laughs> not, with the that, show before I that. Was I not thought, excited about that yet. oh dear Lord, what did I get myself into? Because yeah. I am not prepared for this. And yeah. so um, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot was. of fun. It was. Yeah. You had the most, you had three songs, which was awesome. And like, uh, yeah, no, it was super fun. It was very quick turnaround, not like probably the quickest I've ever had, but glad I did it. Yeah. I was pretty intimidated at first too, especially when we first learned the tap number, I was like, this is (laughs) quite got it. And that's okay. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll talk about, um, so do you know much about Disney Channel? How, did you know much before I asked you about coming on the podcast? Like what what's your experience with it? Um, I was not a Disney person growing up. Uh, I didn't really I wasn't a Disney kid. Um, I don't I don't even think that I knew that there was a Mickey Mouse Club mm-hmm. until I was a teenager. And so I was past the age of tuning in for that when I learned that it even existed. again I had older brothers and so I was I was watching Star Wars at six not Mickey Mouse Club so yeah um and other random terrifying films to a (laughs) six-year-old yeah Um, (laughs) but I watched Disney movies like the 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 iconic classic what we consider classic Disney films Mm -hmm. like Lion King, Mermaid. I didn't even, I mean, I didn't grow up watching Bambi. I I was, again, I was watching like the Stepford Wives because that's what a small child should be watching. Oh yeah, that's perfectly (laughs) fine. Um, So I I knew about Disney. I saw the, the, uh, quite a few of the movies, mostly probably because at that point I was going to see them with somebody's kids. So it was like, you know, I was my niece's nephews, but no, I didn't even... I had no idea that there was so much to the Disney world yeah. of film and TV. Yeah. Were you opposed to it? Like, were you like, oh, that's way too much? Or was it, it like you said, it just wasn't something you were exposed to? Um, it, a combination. I think that it didn't appeal to me because of what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I, my palate, so to speak, is different. Yeah. Disney stuff doesn't, is a little bit too, I don't want to say, I, I vanilla is kind of, it, no, I mean, it kind of, it's it, kind of a term I would use. It's like, yeah, you know, little kids love sherbet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was eating, like, I would have been eating the jalapeno version of ice cream yeah. while the other kids were eating sherbet. Like I just, I was exposed to other stuff from an early age. And so that's what I ended up liking and gravitating towards. Um, Did you, were you someone who saw it? to be different or do you were you just I don't know yeah what what would you say like because I guess I I always thought like oh I'm kind of different or I don't feel like the other kids and stuff like that but like I don't know if like at some point in my life I really wanted to be different and then at some point I was like ah what's the point yeah yeah that kind of wanting to be unique I think which kind of ties into the 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 film yeah that that we're, we're going to be discussing because it's about the a protagonist who is unique and special and wants to be unique and special, but ends up being unique and special in a different kind of way than she anticipated. Yeah. One of my brothers is very much a nonconformist mm-hmm. and he was the biggest influence, I think, on me. Yeah. Um, on my character. And I think I probably picked up a bit of that from him, that yeah. wanting to be 
Like, I don't want to just listen to the same music everybody else is listening to because that's where, you know, we are supposed to listen to. I mm-hmm. want to find something that is really fun and cool and interesting and intellectual and artistic and, and good. I want to, <laughs> I just, you know, but then there was also an element always of wanting to fit in. Yeah. I think some people like really, really, really go out of their way to be unique, but in on the inside, they do still want people to like them. And then there's some people who really don't care. Yeah. Where would you say you like when in your youth were on that spectrum? I didn't mean to get this so psychological. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, and I was, I was very unique. Um, I and she the- still is. <laughs> um I can like people used to say were you popular in high school were you a dork in high school what were you you know because we always come out with these categorizations for, for yeah. that we need our, our human brains need to fit everything into a box yeah. and I wasn't I always I would say no I was always in between I was I could be friends with different people from different groups or cliques or whatnot and um I was a brainiac and yet at the same time I was I was a cheerleader, but I was only cheerleader for one year because then, because then I was ready to do something else. I I think for me, it was like, I wanted to be everything at the same time because of that. I really didn't fit into any one category. Do you find that you're like, you are still that way and that you're always interested in new things that you kind of hop to the next thing quickly? Yes. Less so, Mm -hmm. but I do still crave variety in everything. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I can get obsessed with something and just focus on that one thing mm-hmm. for a very long period of time. And then at some point it's just like complete submer- submersion or immersion. And then I'm done. And it's like, Oh, that's it. I've had enough of that. I got to move on. That's cool. I, I, cause I find myself having like, there's, I wish that I had more time in the day because there's so much stuff I would like to do. And there's so many things I would like to be better at that I uh-huh. just haven't devoted enough time in my life. And a lot of times I'm like, damn, like I wish when I was in high school, I would have taken more dance classes or mm-hmm. I wish I would have done this or I wish I was already really good at this. And I'm like, I mean, I do have my whole life to do it, but sometimes I know I think like being an actor too, is like they, the you know, people always want to know what other skills do you have that you could bring into these roles. And sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I was better at that, but right. I don't know. I think it's good to be curious and not like, I don't, I couldn't imagine having my life only be about one thing. Right. So yeah. somebody, for example, who starts learning a musical instrument when they're three yeah. and then by the time they're 20, they're a virtuoso at it, but mm-hmm. that's their entire existence Yeah. yeah. because that's what it takes, which uh, also it reminds me of the film because yeah. part of the, what, what's interesting about the film is that she has this innate ability, which I think is, is something that's pop, that pops up, especially in anything that's targeted at a teen because they're trying to figure out what their life is or what to do with their life or what their purpose in life is. Yeah. So we're talking about um, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Had you heard of this? Um no. You had not. Okay. I had a feeling. I mean, I knew that you didn't. Yeah. I gave her a list of movies and I think like you, you took some convincing to get you to get on the podcast. I'm grateful that you're here. Um, but yeah. Had you heard of um, Brenda Song before the star of our movie? None of it. None of okay. it. When you asked me to do this podcast, I thought it was going to be like, which of the princess movies do you want to watch? Or is it going to be, it's going to be, <laughs> you know, I thought we were, I was going to be watching one of the big ticket 
Oh, like the thing. Like I, I, it didn't even occur to me that there were other movies in the Disney yeah. lexicon. There are so many. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched too many of them. Yeah. No, they're, um, yeah, a lot of people, cause when I say I have a Disney podcast and they're like, oh, what do you watch? Like Toy Story and stuff like that. I'm like, not really. Like it's kind of different, but yeah, I, um, I guess I watch the subsect of Disney movies that are supposed to appeal to teens, but actually are like watched generally by like 10 year olds. But you know, now I'm watching them much later in life. Um, but Brenda's song was like a big teen star in I guess around this time um and this movie was important because she was always like the supporting character so I feel like this might be the only you know I might be wrong about this I think this is the only thing she's ever been in where she was the star and her character was like the main one which was really cool I think she's I don't know I thought she was really great what did you think of her as like an actor and as our um heroine I thought she was good she was convincing as a teenager who is obsessed purely with her teenage existence yes definitely <laughs> yeah she is um I don't know if this will mean anything to you but yeah uh, are you have you seen home alone or are you a home alone person so I looked her up I did yes I did, yes so you know as I do when I watch yeah. something as I look up the, the cast because yeah. I'm like I want to see who are these performers and, uh, and like I recognize the one who plays her nemesis I recognized her oh, but I didn't know why okay. so I looked her up and I was like oh my gosh she's with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm always surprised when when I look up a, a, an actor and I and and it's like they they've had this whole existence and they've been around and I'm like, how did I not not know about this person? Because there are so many people. I can't possibly know about them. There are so many actors. Yeah, it's, I thought that was a random pairing when I found out she was with Macaulay Culkin because he was like, I think he's a bit older than her, and also he's from such a different like genre, I guess. Mm. But uh, they are cute together, and they have a baby, yeah. so that's yeah. very fun. So, Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, came out on uh, June sixteenth, two thousand six. Danae, what do you? If you had to take a wild guess, what do you think you were doing that day? Um, I was in my New Jersey. Oh, damn. Uh, either going for a bike ride or in the backyard with the dog. Aw. What was the dog's name? Casey. So I was probably either with my stepson at the time going to the park or walking the dog or outside with the dog or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll get into it. Let's get into Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. What would you say the premise of this movie is? Premise of this movie is it's an average or, you know, everyday, ordinary American high schooler focused on her everyday high school existence. And she learns the true meaning of heritage and ancestry and honor and what that signifies in life. And it's, it's kind of a coming of age story in a way, indirectly, about just learning that there's more to life than the everyday average American high school existence. Yeah, like she's very obsessed with like becoming, and this is Wendy's, our main character, Brenda Song, mm-hmm. um, like becoming homecoming queen. And she like has a boyfriend who she ends up not really liking that much anyway. And she's stuck in her own world. And I think the whole thing is that her family is a Chinese family who's really lost touch with their culture, who's never been connected to it in the first place. And 
Um, I think there are moments in this movie where they kind of give you, it almost feels like they're taking a break out of a movie to give you a Chinese history lesson. Um, and what did you think of that? Or what did you think of this movie's portrayal of Chinese culture, I guess? Um, I think it kind of felt a bit stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. And that tropey kind of, um, just, uh, a simplified version, which I it is useful when you're trying to appeal to particularly a younger audience, because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, depending, you know, if this is even going to be presented to younger than teen, like if a 12 year old is watching this, they're not necessarily going to grasp the nuances of a Chinese family mm-hmm. or a, Chi- Amer- a Chinese American family and how that the, the culture and the heritage will manifest within those those settings so um, I can understand the simplification yeah um, as a more mature viewer I want more yeah <laughs> I found it interesting that watching the different um, characters of the family the mother the father the brother the grandmother they kind of were stock characters you had yeah. it's a Chinese American family the mother works the father also works but seems to be very you know kind of more connected and at home the grandmother who lives there with them all mm-hmm. she's the connection to their heritage that they seem to be kind of losing or have lost living yeah. in this more modernized American life and how they all kind of by the end of the film kind of re-embrace their heritage yeah they've lost touch with it kind of I mean this is stereotypical to say but it kind of reminded me of everything everywhere all at once yeah like maybe that's the grown-up version of this (laughs) they have like martial arts elements to it um that kind of come like out of nowhere um like she has like so in this movie um a guy named shen comes from he's like a buddhist monk and he comes because uh the um terracotta soldiers and did you know about that whole thing about the terracotta soldiers who were buried with the first emperor of china and yes yes okay i think that i that that is a fairly well-known historical archaeological um treasure but i think that the way it's presented is really cool because kids wouldn't necessarily know about that american kids yeah yeah, so maybe I was like in middle school and we learned about that. But like, yeah, so basically her mom works at a museum and they are getting eight of these soldiers, but they're like, they kind of come to life and try to attack every 90 years, which I guess that's, you know, when this is coming around. And so Shen is coming to America to help train Wendy so she could defend them. That's kind of the premise of the movie. What did you think of him as a character and as a um, vehicle for like kind of getting her more connected with her culture that she's forgotten? Um, I felt, I thought it was, I, I always, I, I, I think of myself as having a good, good suspension of disbelief. And yeah, I watched something like that. And I think, well, how did he know exactly where to go to find yeah. her? And how yeah. did he know, you know, exactly what house to go to? And, um, and then the fact that he's younger than all the other monks. Yeah. He, he was randomly younger, like by a lot. Right. right. Yeah. And so, so it starts off with him being young and, and, and the opening montage is him training and he's fighting multiple other older monks Mm -hmm. and so I'm thinking well there's something unique about him maybe he's he is a young monk in training yeah and and then it turns out that he's going off to find her Mm -hmm. and he's actually they're both 
characters that reoccur throughout history every 90 years. They're reincarnated or they come to the same battle every 90 years. So is that why he's the same age as her? Or is he just the same age as hers because the writers needed him to fit in with her her life? It was a little convenient. Yeah, I don't know if he's stuck in time in some sense because there are mystical elements. I mean, obviously, this is like a fantasy movie in in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was a little too convenient. Um, And like when he comes to her high school, he she tells everyone that, oh, that's my cousin, which is weird because at the end they get romantic feelings towards each other. Yeah, and then someone, and that's never really clear, like resolved. And there's a part where they're at a high school party, <laughs> and she get there's a makeover montage scene where she gets him to stop wearing his monk robes, and um, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. he shows up in regular clothes. And wait, this is my favorite. And he's um, a hunk of hunker. He, he went from monk to hunk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that really got me. Um, but somebody she asked him to dance, and then she's like, "Oh, we're kind of get together." And the girl's like, "Isn't that your cousin?" <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Oh yeah, right." um yeah no so basically he trains her and she at first is or she doesn't want to and then she finally does and she fights out the warriors and she ends up winning homecoming queen but then she ends up realizing it doesn't actually matter so I mean in the end do you think she is just happy to be connected like happy to have met him and to kind of have a reconnection with her grandma and her family feels like more in touch with her what do you think yeah it was (sighs) Okay, part of my issue with Disney, yeah. and and yeah. this is why, <laughs> this is why when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, do you really want me <laughs> yes, to do this? Criticize them as much as you want. I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't work for them. It's just too neat. Yeah, so you're many right, of you're the right. storylines, and I mean, and you could say this about a lot of American stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we we like our stories to to be, you know, come together in the end with a nice little bow. Yeah. Um, you know, the good guy triumphs or the girl gets the guy. Um, even if she's not the homecoming queen, she gets the hunk. And it does come together very neatly. Yeah, I guess the movie was fine. I mean, like I had seen it before, but it had been a long time. And I, I think like at, seeing it from an older perspective now, I'm like, I don't really like how broad strokes they made Chinese culture look. Um, especially because she's not even Brenda Song, the actress is I think she's from Laos. So I don't love like the non specificness of it. But I guess I don't know. I think like Disney Channel's got a white audience, uh, a lot of mm-hmm. us watching it. So they don't think we can understand anything beyond really basic stuff, which frustrates me. Yeah. But I'm also I'm almost 30. So it's obviously different for me than it is for their like when I watched it as a younger kid. So I don't know. I you know, it, it, it is it is kind of an, it's like an epic in a way, but it's an epic for, it's a teenage epic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So you have, your protagonist has innate magical abilities that she yeah. doesn't even realize. And um, it all it takes is for this one other person to come along and kind of catalyst it. And then there, the, the conflict is that she must battle evil and defeat evil or the, or the world will end, right? And, and she's perfect. She's got this perfect existence, the perfect boyfriend, the perfect friends, the perfect car. And by the end of it, we're supposed to believe that she's embraced her heritage all of a sudden and the family is wonderfully cohesive and... You know, she doesn't need to be homecoming queen anymore because she's found this new purpose and meaning. 
or mm-hmm. um, whatnot, but she still is homecoming queen, right? Yeah, I know. So it's really like, easy yeah. to say, oh, it doesn't oh, matter. Okay. I don't yeah. need it. I don't need it anymore. She, there's a line. There was a line. I made a note of this um, that really, the, the part that bu- bugged me is, you know, there's a girl in her class, like she has, mm-hmm. she doesn't have a life. Why don't you just go pick her? To, to be, be like the one, yeah, to fight off and, the warriors. And yeah. I was like, "Wow, you're feeding this to children." Yeah, yeah. Right? And they're also pretty, and they're also manicured and perfect. And so, and this is what kids are getting, like, um, which is an American ideal. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's not just an American ideal; it's an ideal in many cultures, um, but very much in America, this ideal of the the pursuit of perfection. And the need to attain perfection, quote yeah. unquote perfection. And and then at the end, we're supposed to believe that this doesn't mean anything to her anymore. Yeah, she. I don't think she would switch on a dime like that. Like, I wish that they kind of established, like, she's still, you know, she's still kind of prissy. She's still like a yeah. kind of shallow teenage girl, as like many of us were. Um, but yeah. she values her culture more. I don't know. It was too like, I did a 180 and now I don't care anymore. And, um, I, uh, I'm not shallow. Uh, so right. it was a bit neat. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a movie. I would say it's fine. I really love Brenda's song and I think she can make me watch almost anything, but I do think that it was kind of vapid and service level. <laughs> but it, I don't know. Yeah. It was at least I do appreciate when movies aren't like are diverse, but aren't just like there's one minority character, like she has her whole family. So I appreciate and Shen. So I appreciated that because a lot of times Disney will give you a non-white protagonist, everyone else is white. So I appreciated yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The reason from the list that you gave me to choose from, yeah. I picked that one because I was like, one, it's not a white focused film. Yeah. And also it was a it was a female lead. And clearly looked like it was a female badass lead. Yeah, she was. <laughs> right. I appreciate right? it. Yeah. Um, she... A vapid badass. But um, <laughs> but I recognize that it does have a place. Like, I didn't grow up watching Disney, but I don't know. Did you ever see the movie Teen Witch? I haven't. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's a similar kind of, like, formula in that it's, you've, you've got the girl, and it turns out she's special and it changes. And then by the end of the film, she's she's like a fully transformed individual. But it's very different in that she's the she's like the ugly duck. She starts off as the ugly duckling, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, she's really like nobody else notices her. And she ends up getting with by the end of the film. She's also with the hunk. Yeah. But 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 he deserves it. Um, you know, he deserves her because he's actually very deep himself. He's not that yeah. even though he's the hunk, but um, yeah. watching it, it reminded me that when I was a teenager or preteen, I needed those films. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to see yourself represented because you don't like society's telling you to be a different way than how you are. And mm-hmm. it's nice to finally get someone to remind you, you don't have to change, but she does change. I guess so. Then you do. Never mind. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Actually, maybe that's the problem is that we keep telling our kids that they need to change. Yeah. Or is it accepting who you really are? I know that's the conflict is you <laughs> accept who you are, but change in productive ways. I but don't understand. Don't change too much. It is kind of complicated. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. 
And then the other, there's the other story that like tweens and teens get a lot is like the Princess Diaries version is the one where like, oh, I'm secretly like, I'm secretly like a royal person and I have a whole different life that I'm missing out on. And I just, you know, somebody, somebody's going to come along one day and, and say, oh, no, actually, this is your life. <laughs> Yeah. And then you have to be devoted to that and you have to leave behind everything, but you can still bring your personality, but everything else has to change. It's very weird. So uh, I guess we'll kind of talk about the fashion in this movie. I was about to say, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the fashion? (laughs) What were your opinions? I got to know. Um, Hello, Cindy Lauper. And that that dress that she wore to homecoming. The orange and pink one? Yes, it totally yeah. made me think of the girls just want to have fun video. Yes, yeah. Um, I thought the time you, you said this came out in 2006, which is interesting yes. to me. I didn't realize that the 80s were rejuvenated in 2006. I thought I didn't, I know that they have come back since 2006, but yeah. I didn't realize that it already had already started at that yeah. point. Yeah, it was very very madonna y and like so many bright colors so many like deep side parts so many side ponies so many like matching earrings and necklaces what did you think of the fashion like from your own perspective and taste um i just i just kept i was surprised by it yeah. the um the the guy that plays her boyfriend in the beginning or oh I yeah the blonde throughout. guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah he actually make he said something about he about being getting like a modeling oh yeah he was trying something. to be a male model yeah right and they said that he was vintage 80s or something that he actually says oh yeah they say i had like a vintage 80s look yeah did you agree <laughs> i guess he kind uh, no i actually didn't i really didn't pick up on it <laughs> yeah until after that I know. I wonder, cause like, I do think like, I remember when I was in high school, I felt like, I don't know if it was cause I liked the eighties or because it actually was back, but like the more like vibrant graphic prints and like kind of costumey jewelry was popular, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I was young when this came out, so I don't know if I would have been dressing that way, but it was, this was definitely a camped up version of what was popular then. Like well, I don't okay. know how realistic it was. Um, and also they're supposed to, I don't know if she's supposed to be rich, but she's supposed to be prissy. So yeah. She is prissy and they yeah. definitely, but that's the other thing is you can't tell um, in TVs and film, oftentimes the setting like uh, is supposed to represent middle America and yet it's very much above middle America. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really like. So it's, yeah. it's already like, so the house that they lived in was very nice. It was. Yeah. I don't know if it, was it meant to be middle America? Or was it meant to be be... kind of supposed to be middle class, but she had a rich girl personality, but they didn't, it's not like she, like at some point she walked outside and I was like, oh, she's going to have her own like convertible. And it wasn't that case. Like her parents were pretty down to earth. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. But then her friend was driving like a, a vintage car. That's the kind of car you see like a 70 year old white man driving because he's <laughs> yeah. refurbished it and that cost him 80 grand to refurbish it like a 1960s yeah. like Firebird or something. I don't even know what yeah. it was, but it was very much like a nice car. Yeah. <laughs> and a high schooler is driving it. <laughs> yeah. God, I guess you should always give high school. If you're going to give them a car, give them a shitty one because. I I got in a car accident like when I was like 16 or something. I drove into my dad's friend's minivan and I uh and I was not that remorseful about it. I was very bratty back then. I I I can't believe how I think I was just like, "What? Well, I was supposed to go to the movies. This is inconvenient." Like I yeah. Right. Um, right. 
gosh, I, if we could see our, our teen selves, what, what would we say? Would you want to, or would you be disgusted? <laughs> I think I'd be pretty disgusted. <laughs> I kind I think I would be in, uh, interested to see it. I, oh, I, I don't know how pain it, it could, it could be very painful, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, or maybe it's a reminder of like, Hey, look how far we've come. <laughs> Or not. <laughs> or not. Or not. You know what? I, I, maybe I don't want to be. I feel like I've, I've expected to be a, my life to be very different at this point when yeah. I was. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the movie in the fashion. Um, so I guess as we're wrapping up. Uh, oh, OK. Is there any positive messages you would like to send out to the world on this November day? Um, I mean, I, there are a million things I could say. Right. But people yeah. are people. People are either going to be good or they're not or be kind yeah <laughs> you know use less plastic um stand with the band I don't know yeah As in the band. stand with the band books that's what that's what, that's what I'll say yeah hell yeah um or your local library <laughs> yeah read more support the oh, arts gosh. in any way you can I hope that this there is something cohesive to come out of this because I feel like I was all over the place. Uh, that's okay. This is this doesn't need to be cohesive. I, I don't think I'm a very cohesive person. I'll the find coherence. a way to string it together. But you know, you guys, this is um this is a very sporadic episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, well, thank you for joining me. I had a lot of fun. This is a very like a much thank deeper you. episode than I'm used to, and not no offense to other people who've been on the show, but this was fun. I did not <laughs> expect it to go this way, and I'm very happy it did. Um, but thank you for being on the podcast and thanks for listening and join us next time when we watch a, a Disney, Disney Channel, Channel movie. movie. Bye.